Hi, it's Natalie Ray, and you're listening to the Fresh Ideas for Creative Marketing podcast, where we help you create a business you love and get the clients you deserve from anywhere in the world. Today is the first episode in a series specifically designed for female entrepreneurs. In this series, we will be diving into the nitty gritty of starting your own business and finding the success you dream of. For me, my dream has always been to run my business from anywhere in the world. I've never been good at the 9 to 5, and about 5 years ago, I took the leap of starting a marketing agency and running it on my own schedule. I've been lucky enough to meet powerful women all over the world along the way, many of whom will be featured in this podcast series, who have become my mentors, and they have helped me grow and network and create this life that I love. I've always loved traveling and even moved to Spain in 2013. Nowadays, I'm back in the States and I'm still traveling, but it's with my musician husband and our nine-month-old son. Whatever your dream career is, I'm here to help you get there. In this series, we will be hearing from successful lady bosses who have taken their fate into their own hands, made a name for themselves, and now want to help you find the same success. We will be talking about a variety of topics, including living your personal brand, establishing a successful and achievable marketing plan, the power of video marketing, and we'll even hear from a special marketer to the stars. Ooh, exciting. But first, today's topic, finance. If you're a reader of my blog, you probably already know that I started my business in 2010 with about $30 in my bank account. I've always been afraid of taking financial risks in my business, including using credit cards and loans, and in fact, I think that this is something that has actually held me back in my business, rather than being the more predictable and safe route that I thought I was taking. While I still found success in my business in those first few years, it was much more of a slower climb than I would have liked it to be. A couple years into running my business, I met Carrie Friedberg through a client referral and through her blog, I was actually able to glean valuable ideas on how to manage money in a much more productive way. I found that there were important ways to start and run your business without going into debt. Today, I'd like you to meet Carrie, a certified financial counselor and has owned her holistic money coaching practice since 2010, based both in San Francisco and Manhattan. Carrie has been featured in Forbes and U.S. News and on Brett King's Voice America radio show. Carrie's blog, SF Money Coach, is very popular and she has clients on four continents. Carrie will be giving us valuable information on getting started in a new business. Answering that all-important question of, when is the right time to make that leap from quitting your job and starting out on your own? We'll also be talking about where you can get free marketing, how to set and raise your rates and make the money you deserve, among other valuable insights. So Carrie, thank you so much for joining me on my first ever podcast. Thanks for having me. I think that this is a fabulous way to start out our series because finance is definitely one of the most important aspects of running a successful business, yet so many of us young business owners have zero idea what we're doing. You're right about that. I get a lot of entrepreneurs who call me in a bit of a state of panic after making a series of financial decisions and commitments um, for opening their businesses, and they're, they're in deep water. So it's really important to find the ground before you, you know, 
start uh, creating a small business. Absolutely. And one of the things that I really admire about you, Carrie, is that you started off similar, similarly to my situation, although you may not have had $30 in your account. I remember reading somewhere that when you were younger, you thought that financial freedom meant swiping the card. Can you tell us a little bit more about where you started and where you're at now? Sure. So I used to be a kindergarten teacher for nine years, and that um, profession definitely had an earning ceiling. Uh, so I thought of all kinds of creative ways like uh, transferring balances from one zero percent APR credit card to another, um, using uh, money that was meant to be for my long-term savings, uh, you know, like from my retirement account to pay for uh, moving apartments. And I just, I used to make a lot of spontaneous, expensive decisions. And I definitely was not earning enough uh, to support that. So that resulted in just financial anxiety and chaos and like some shame and just embarrassment. I I used to overcompensate um, in with money in relationships with people. For example, at group dinners, I would always pay too much, and I had a really hard time with confrontation, you know, with a roommate, negotiating, splitting bills and stuff like that. And I, I just used to overdo it, which is one of the signs of deprivation. So around age 30, I really needed some help. And it was a suggestion of a boyfriend at the time to hire a money coach. And I had no idea what that was, but he explained it's a combination of financial planning and financial therapy. And this was after I had tried many different things like traditional financial therapy, uh, Mint and Quicken and designing my own tracking software. But it was finally uh, working with this coach where I created a system with her help that was sustainable for tracking and managing my monthly and annual cash flow. And um, she helped me a lot to understand my emotions around money and the psychology of money, how family history impacts um, you know, my decision making today and just kind of understanding all of that totally transformed my life. I ended up starting a tutoring business instead of classroom teaching, which was my, my first small business. And there was, there was some major learning that happened with that first attempt. So at what point did you decide to become a money coach yourself? So I basically was in small business boot camp. <laughs> it was my first attempt at um, creating a tutoring business, setting my own hours and my own rates and working for myself and managing all of that. So that was really educational. It didn't work, actually. I ended up going back to teaching after a couple years of trying to work for myself. Um, I wasn't quite in a financially stable enough place to, to pull that off. So I went back to teaching for one year. And then while I was in school, you know, working full time, I did a year-long counselor training program. And that finished in 2010, right at the end of the school year. So I was able to launch my coaching business. Um, it was a year-long 
money coaching training program. And um, after that, I became certified and was was able to launch my business. And um, I actually continued tutoring at the same time for three years uh, while I was growing my confidence and expanding my business as a money coach. Great. So you definitely have a lot of experience in running your own business and then also from that financial aspect. So where should one start financially when they're thinking about making that big leap and starting their own business? So I can't emphasize this enough to um, start when you're already able to pay your bills. So similar to the way I did it, I I did some specialized training while I was working full-time, and then I continued with what I would call a bridge job um, for three years before my coaching practice, what I really wanted to be doing, became sustainable enough to let go of the bridge job, which for me was tutoring. So you've got to be able to cover your expenses, and it's really important to have a clear budget, a clear financial plan, um, including not only your fixed monthly expenses, but all of those variables, which I call periodics, the non-monthly expenses. Um, And one really important budget line item is a coffee and lunch budget, and that's for networking and taking people out for coffee and lunch so that you can learn uh, for people who have more experience than you and, and expand your network in that way. Great. So you touched a little bit on networking. So what, in your opinion, is the best way to market yourself in a profitable but not a costly way? Business cards. Um, I mean, a lot of being successful in starting your own business is practicing master, being a master of the obvious. But um, it's important to do small, inexpensive things well. So you've got to have awesome, eye-catching business cards. It's basically your portable website. It should be very clear on the card who you are, what you do, and how to contact you. Don't leave anyone guessing. You know, you've got to have a tagline or, you know, the name of my business is SF Money Coach. It's very clear who I am and, and what I do. So business cards, but also a lot of people get paralyzed over choosing a color or a business name or a logo. Don't stress. I mean, just start with something basic. It could even be just your contact info um, and, you know, the definition of, of what you want to do. For example, landscape gardening. <laughs> um, so that definitely have a website. I created my own website on iWeb on my Apple computer at first. Um, now I'd say my website is in version 4.0. And actually, Natalie, you've helped me a lot uh, to make my website as, as beautiful as it is. And people are always commenting on how how much they love it. So trust that your website will grow and develop and expand and become more and more clear over time. And it takes a few years to really hone your message and, you know, choose a logo or be able to afford one. And, um, but again, just having something up there, even a brochure kind of website is, is better than nothing and totally necessary these days. And then 
the last obvious place for free marketing is social media. So um, being clear about your message, uh, not overdoing it. You know, you can have just a few bullet points up there, but get your Facebook business page going, your Twitter account, LinkedIn, Yelp. I've gotten, I've gotten a ton of business um, from Yelp on, on both coasts. And then um, there's the optional, you know, Google Plus, Pinterest, and YouTube if, if those apply. Absolutely. I've heard you use the term practice clients. Can you explain a little bit about what that means? Sure. It's something I learned in my counselor training program. So uh, right around the time I was getting certified, I started taking on practice clients. What that was were um, low-fee clients. So while I was getting my systems organized and my kind of intake form written and um, building confidence and just wanting to practice, I charged less than I was anticipating charging. So for me, I started with, you know, $60 an hour. And my first practice clients were friends and family. Um, that's anyone's primary network. People already um, like you and trust you and respect you. Uh, and so that's a good place to look for practice clients, again, in those obvious places. And because you're charging um, more of a nominal fee, and you can even tell them, hey, I need some practice clients. Are you interested in doing three or six sessions with me, you know, whatever your number is. And um, it's a good way for you to practice talking, build your fluency in your art, uh, in your in your profession. And, um, you know, once you've got those going, it's really an intuitive process to decide when you're officially opening your business and, you know, charging your full rate at that time. Absolutely. So that brings up another uh, common question that I get, um, I'm sorry, that I not only get, but I also see everywhere across my social channels is the dilemma of raising your rates. We know our time and our offerings are more valuable than, you know, what we might be charging. So how can we raise our rates without losing that traction that we've worked so hard to build up? Yeah, so... <clears throat> I really encourage people to, to be mindful about when they choose to raise their rates. So in the beginning, it, it might be six months in, but, but you might wait a year. Again, it's a very intuitive process. The most important thing you need to remember is that you've got to be comfortable with whatever number you're choosing to charge. People will read uh, your face and voice and body language if there's any iota of desperation or nervousness around um, the, the rate conversation. So you've got to feel like your feet on the ground and deep belly breaths and total confidence. For example, if you are saying, and my hourly rate is 120. And you can let it hang there in the silence. Don't fill the void with more talking or anything. Most people say, okay. And then you can go on to explain, you know, frequency of appointments or whatever else you need to say in that sales moment. Um, <clears throat> but if it's been more than two years since you last raised 
your rates, it's time. So every two years, I think every small business owner needs to review their pricing structure. And um, don't make the mistake that I made, which was, um, you know, starting to have a few different clients that were paying different rates. That becomes very hard to manage in terms of financial planning and anticipating how much income you'll have. So slow and steady with rate changes and um, changing your packages and your offerings. Um, It's good to have a a nice thorough think about that ahead of time. And, you know, don't be afraid to charge at the top, especially if you've got the education, you know, specific certifications, degrees, professional development, training, um, experience is another reason to charge at the top, either exactly related or closely related, like in industry. Um, Also, you should notice if your business is driven by referrals. That's another reason to charge at the top. Uh, And if you know you're getting results, you know you're making a a difference, and if you're not sure, ask for testimonials from some clients who love you. You could ask, you know, what do you enjoy most about working with me? What do you see as my greatest strength? How does working with me affect your life? Um, And and the last three reasons, there are seven, uh, to charge at the top is that you provide a specialized service. For example, some kind of niche. Um, For example, I call myself a holistic money coach. Some people only work with athletes or women or um, et cetera. Um, Number six, if you have a very professional service in terms of your website and your cards and the way you dress and your professionalism, you know, go for it. Charge more. And then finally, uh, uh, this is my favorite reason to charge at the top is that you ask for it. So just by asking, um, it can happen. So you must be at ease. And like I said, it's an internal process. But um, I I do encourage people to, you know, find that edge of where they're comfortable and confident and also where they're, you know, expanding their own tolerance for earning good money. I love that. I love that point that you made about, you know, with those seven points, you know, you have the experience, you know, you're valuable. So you really should be confident in raising your rates and talking about your rates. And and that'll really show through to the client. So I love that. Um, Yeah. Well, you're amazing. And you've really given us a huge insight into creating and managing a business that you not only love, but is profitable too. So how can our listeners stay in touch with you? The best way to learn more about what money coaching is and to and my contact info is on my website, which is SF, as in San Francisco, sfmoneycoach.com. Um, you can also reach me by email, Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E, at sfmoneycoach.com. I'm on all of those forms of social media that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. And I wanted everyone to know that... <clears throat> Next Wednesday, August 5th, I'm launching a webinar for women. It's five weeks long, and it's called Overcoming Under-Earning Level 2. There's no prerequisite for the class, um, and I'll teach you how to get the money minder going, which is, in my experience, the the most powerful uh, small business and personal finance money management tool out there. 
so that you get tons and tons and tons for um, the the webinar. The cost is four ninety five. So there are five uh, live hour long classes as well as five instructional videos that you can watch on your own time, plus a Facebook group and um, virtually unlimited access to me in between classes. And um, it's a quick and affordable way to transform your relationship with money. So I highly recommend that. And you can find all the info about the webinar on my website. And that's the best way to reach me. Okay. Is there any one piece of advice or wisdom that you could leave with our listeners before we wrap up today? Yes. I would say focus on the numbers. You've got to be really, really clear about your plans and intentions for spending, saving, and earning. So a financial plan is a business plan, and once you've got that balanced and in control and you're staying connected to your money on a daily basis in terms of tracking and, um, you know, reflecting on where your money is going, that's the most grounded and powerful place to start a business and ongoingly to continue managing it in a very savvy, uh, successful way. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being so generous with your advice. And I think that this has been really valuable to our listeners. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Natalie. Great to catch up. Now, Carrie and I would like to hear from you. What is the biggest insight you're taking away from today's podcast? Please leave a comment on our blog, which might be where you are hearing this audio. If you're hearing it on iTunes, you can find our blog at studio41creative.com forward slash blog. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to this podcast and of course, share it with all of your friends. For more fresh ideas for creative marketing, visit studio41creative.com. Studio.